Welcome back. My name is Melanie Robson and I am your sort of your hostess. Today though is a very special podcast as I am sadly leaving the reins of this podcast over to someone who's, well that's not sad, but someone who is going to be taking over as I uh, have um, changed a few things. So I'm sadly going from the podcast. Yeah, we're really sad to be losing you. Oh, thank you. And that was Emma who is taking over from the facilitating of the podcast. So today's podcast is a bit of a handover and a transition uh, from me over to you, Emma. Yeah. Um, So it's a little bit of an unusual um, podcast topic today. And what what we're actually going to do is I'm going to be sharing uh, a story uh, of and a topic that happened in my life if quite a few years ago and is still still a little bit of an area of interest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emma, therefore, is going to be interviewing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it has been my absolute pleasure to be guest hosting for a few of the podcasts in the interim. Thank you, Emma. And I, as I said, I'm very sorry that you are leaving us and that you are stepping away from hosting, but um, hopefully with well, a big shoes to fill, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to step in and and you put you in it. the hot seat for a minute. <laughs> yes, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess rather than you introducing your guest, if I introduce you, I'm joined by Melanie. So Melanie has a background as a counselling psychologist. Yeah. She is a fabulous woman. She is a mum and she is a daughter and a fiance and a sister and an auntie and all of those things to lots of different people. She also has lived experience of a partner in prison and experience supporting families of prisoners. Yes, I Mm. do. Not that you would know by looking at me. (laughs) Which, well, that's off on a total tangent, but I guess that's actually a good point. Yeah, we could because what does the family of a prisoner look like? Uh, uh, You could just walk by someone in the street and they Mm. would be having that experience. And it's I think it's very much one of those... It's a, it's a bit taboo, you know, there's often a bit of shame associated or a lot of shame associated mm. with having a loved one um, in prison. And because I certainly know for me, it was the most removed sort of experience in my life that I ever thought, like I'd never even considered something like that would would happen to me, I suppose. Mm. Or um, it, it's not even, you know how sometimes you have those weird kind of, freaky fantasies of I don't want that person to die or you yeah. know all this weird oh my yeah. god am I going to get cancer or all these kinds of things I'm not going to call those a fantasy I'm no, not sure genuine <laughs> fears yeah I call that a genuine fear genuine fear fantasy but, but like someone in my life going to prison I never it never even crossed my mind yeah. that, that that I would have that experience mm. and yet I did you know very 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 close to to me at the mm. time um, so yes, you wouldn't you wouldn't know, and you don't you don't really know. And I certainly remember I've been to a lot of prisons and visited a lot of um, done a lot of visits to prisons, and you see all sorts of all sorts of people inside yeah. and all sorts of families visiting yeah. as well. Which yeah. is yeah. and I think it's it's not what it looks like on yeah. the TV shows no. or the movies with <laughs> oh you could pick pick those people out of a lineup that they're the yeah. kind of people that would be visiting someone in prison. Yeah. That's just not the reality. Because we don't you know you, we don't choose our family, you know, we don't choose typically who we fall in love with. Mm-hmm. We don't choose our children. There are many, you know, um visitors at prisoners uh, of of visiting prisoners who were, you know, well in their 60s, 70s, 80s visiting their adult children mm. or a child who was an adult child in prison. You know, and I'm sure that was tough for them mm. and probably still is. But, and, you know, obviously in prison for many, many different offences and, yeah. and crimes. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, if we start at the start. Yeah. What was it like for you going through, right, I guess way back at the beginning when sure. um, your partner, so it's your previous partner. Yes. But he was obviously your partner at the time. Yes. Um, so, when you're when this looked like it could be a possibility that yeah. he could be going to prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ha- what were your first thoughts? Oh, shock, really. I thought you were going to swear then. <laughs> <laughs> I could swear. Yeah. Oh, oh, um, <clears throat> you know, and to be really honest, I think I was in denial right mm. up until it happened. Like right up, <clears throat> excuse me, even though he'd actually been to prison before but I I think you know I was naive and uh, and that's okay that's just my life at the time and um, I 
even though there was, you know, court and there's all that stuff that happens, obviously leading up to it, um, I didn't go to any of that stuff. I, I just, I had a toddler at the time. Mm-hmm. We'd had a baby and so I was a first time mum. And I was very focused on that, I think, as a distraction. I was studying at the time as well. And, y- you know, when, when I got a, that call from the lawyer, when he went to... Uh, went to court that day to be sentenced because he was, um, I think he pled guilty, he was advised to plead guilty, whatever, you know, this kind of old stuff. But and then he, um, so he did that um, and the, he was um, released to the community awaiting sentencing. Mm. So there's a, you can be um, held inside yeah. while um, you're, what's that called, remanded in custody. But he was re- he was bailed to the community. So we had this weird period of time um what was that like that sort of it's you're kind of waiting yeah like you're just waiting sort of suspended yeah very much a suspended kind of life but again i you know the lawyer's trying to be super positive and no this is looking good and kind of now in hindsight i'm like oh god that's ridiculous and also um, wouldn't it be better to prepare you yeah yeah absolutely and there was none giving you false hope no. yeah exactly and, you know, because they try to say, oh, you know, there's some mitigating circumstances. He has a partner and a child and all this stuff. But I, I kind of know now that that is almost irrelevant, mm. I hate to say. Like when, when I see that uh, on the news or other people being sentenced and you see their, their partners al- along and I thought, I, I wonder if they'd sort of had the same, oh, no, you know, he, he, does, he's, he or she, sorry, mm. um, you know, has got, got good standing in the community or this or this or this. It, it really doesn't it doesn't matter as much as you want it to matter, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, when when I got that call that day from the lawyer, I was at home. I think I think my mum was over or some family were over to sort of support me. Mm-hmm. And then she rang and she told me the news and he, he got a few years and which, uh, uh, yeah, I was absolutely, I was speechless. You know, I was, uh, I remember I was standing outside the time. It's actually a really vivid memory. And his sentence was longer than we'd been together. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, what the, what the F, you know? Yeah. And I, it's like I started, it's kind of that bargaining, you know? I yeah. started pleading with her and I'm like, no, 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 but we haven't been together for that and we've got a child and it's not nothing to do with her. She, yeah. She's just kind of relaying. She's just passing the message. Passing the message. Um and I felt really ashamed to go back inside and tell them, really. I felt really kind of embarrassed and like – and, and the enormity of that, I think, was just – the emotional impact of that I was huge, you know. It's a huge burden for you to have to actually yeah. share that news yes. with other people. Yeah, yeah. It really was. It yeah. felt – like I said, I felt ashamed almost. Mm. I just um, – I don't think you would be alone with having that feeling of – of shame and yeah. being ashamed of what what's no. happened, and yet you have no, you had no control over that. No, nothing. You are so powerless yeah. in it all. You're just on the sidelines, just watching your life fall apart, basically. Mm. Because you know, very quickly you start to go, "Holy, holy shit!" Mm. You know, he was um, because I w- had, um, <coughs> excuse me, because I had our son and was studying, so I wasn't working. Yeah. So I had. I wasn't earning any income and he was the main breadwinner, which is not uncommon when yeah. um, men go to prison, they have partners and children. And, uh, uh, you know, this massive whole, uh, what? how am I going to pay the rent? Mm. How am I going to pay for anything? You know, How am I feeding my child? How am I buying Oh, you nappies? know, basic things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it was very, very quickly. But I, I was very, very lucky in that I have very supportive family. Even his family were very supportive as well, mm. um, given we had a child. So... Um, financially I was supported for a time until I could kind of move and um, you know sell my car had to had to change a lot of things in my life gone Mm. a single parent um, pension and stuff like that but I I kind of felt really grateful that I could that the government could sort of support me yeah yeah but I found that really ironic because the cost of a prisoner per year is something like a hundred thousand dollars per prisoner per Mm. year and we do we do need prisons to a degree, but that but we also don't. So th- that's a whole other subject. Mm. So I found it interesting that essentially the taxpayer was paying to have him inside and punished and paying you and <laughs> supporting me. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, but yeah. but um, that's the way it was. Mm. Yeah. How and what was that like? 
Did you have to tell, like, was your son old enough that you had to no. tell him? He was 18 months old. So he was, he, he was 18 months old when the court stuff is happening. He might have been around two when his dad went to, there was, there was a few months kind of there going through the court stuff. Um, and because his dad used to work a lot. Yeah, um, wasn't really that much different. No, and he was so young. Yeah, so and they are really adaptable when they're yeah, really young. It was so just kind of his normal. Yeah, um, and then visiting prisons. You know, I actually don't know how much he remembers. Certainly, when he was that young, I don't mm. think he remembers a lot. We don't talk about. He's like sixteen now. Yeah, we don't talk about it um, that much because he's a sixteen-year-old boy. 16. And yeah. He doesn't talk at all to me. So yeah. <laughs> Um, you so know, if you are the parent of a teenage boy <laughs> who only grunts at you, it's always uh, nice to know that you're not alone. That that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so frustrating. Um, and he never asked. He never questioned. You know, it was like we're going to visit dad, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it was very fun. It's a day out. It's a day out. Um, the first time I went to see uh, my partner in prison, he w- and he was in the remand prison here in Perth called Hakia, which is where everyone starts at basically, Mm -hmm. whether you're reminded in in custody or waiting sentencing or you're um, being sentenced and then you're um, needing to be placed in an actual prison. So, um, and I remember we were actually living really close to the prison at the time. I think I actually walked there with the pram, which (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I think I just wasn't thinking. I was just, it was so surreal that I couldn't actually... Just going through the processes yeah. rather than... Yeah. And then like walked up to the wrong entrance, you know, and of course that's not a good thing to do at a prison, but it was that was quite traumatic to be honest. Mm. It was very overwhelming. It, it's, it's very much prison, barbed wire and police, um, not police, guards and prison all that guards, stuff. Yeah. yeah, but fortunately there was um, like a family support service there called OutCare. It's like mm. an agency. I think it's still in Perth, still operating for that support, certainly support prisoners. But they support families of prisoners mainly at the um, different prisons in the metro area. So they have there's some, I think, counsellors there and just like, you know, food vouchers and bread and, you know, ran- I just remember random things like that and qu- mm. they can answer your questions because when I kind of went, it stumbled in there <laughs> and they and I was a mess and I was just crying and didn't know what to do and it was frightening. I felt scared, you know, yeah. it was very intimidating. And a lovely lady took me aside and um, sort of walked me through the process and helped me calm down. Um, and you can't, you know, prison is dehumanising. So mm. you, for the prisoner, but also for the for visitor, the family. for yep. the family, you can't, you've got to take off all your jewellery. You know, if you, you can't take a pram in there, obviously you, all these. I, well, you say obviously, but no. I wouldn't have known that. I didn't know you had to take off your jewellery or yeah, you no. couldn't take a pram in there. No, it's that just wouldn't a have security to me. thing. I, I don't know with newborns if you can. I, I just doubt it because they screen, there's, there's you know, metal detectors, mm. there's drug dogs, there's. You know, or, or in, uh, they would have to search the crap out of yeah. it. And do you want to go through that experience? No, you don't. Mm. And unless you're doing the wrong thing, well, you know, kind of thing. But well, then you definitely well, don't want to go through that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a stupid move. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, yeah. So you have to, you know, and you put all your stuff in the locker, and then you've got to go through all these security checks, um, and hope your child sort of stays. In line, literally in line, you have to line line up, and there's dogs, and you walk through all the things, and 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 look, you get you get used to that, and it's slightly different at each prison, mm. but mostly the same. But it was always stressful, and it was always like this: we have one hour, or we have an hour and a half, and you just want to get in there like on the dot yeah. to maximize time. But often there was hold ups, you know, somebody a dog had sat on someone, so they had to take them away, and there was always delays. And I'd find that really frustrating and insensitive, actually, because mm. I'm like, I, I've I'm only got an hour and a half, and you're eating into it exactly. But yeah. they didn't really care, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and they were just doing their job, you mm. know. I kind of get it now, but at the time I was like. And I think probably at the time you understand it, but there's a difference between yeah. being able to understand it and care about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the reality is I want to be seeing my partner. Yeah. He's in there. You're stopping me going in and you're only, you're not going to extend my time because you've kept me out here. No, no they don't. So, no, they don't at all. Of course yeah. not. And I think I do remember in the beginning being very worried for my partner as well. Mm. Like, um, like when actually just sort of going back when he got, when the lawyer rang me, whatever, and then I spoke to him, I think, that night, and I was like, oh, my God, how are you? What's mm-hmm. it like? Because of that perception, like you said, yeah. oh, that we have of um, 
prisons and kind of rightly so we need we need people to do the right thing yeah and we that's a kind of a scare a scare tactic but um you, your freedom does get taken away so that is that's pretty scary mm. but that i'm gonna say certainly in australia maybe they're not as bad as what you think but they can be yeah that can be depends on the prison and the, the level of security and what your offence is, mm. of course. Yeah, in in prisons, in certainly the maximum security, there's there's segregated sections for um, prisoners who you know might be ex-police or um, mm. pedophiles, you know, real who would be targeted for assaults, you yeah, know, kind of thing. So, um, but he was quite okay. <laughs> Uh, he was fine. <laughs> You're a mess on he the outside, fine. but you know, he's good. He's had dinner made for him. Yes, <laughs> Ab- absolutely. And that became really apparent to me really quickly that the families do time as well. Mm. And and I often felt that my my this might sound selfish, but I felt that my time was harder because he didn't have to worry about uh, money Who was paying or the food rent or, or how it, rent. Yeah. You know, he could say he was worried about that for me. There was nothing he could do. Mm. absolutely nothing they earn buckleys in there so yeah. uh, if anything they need money to coming into them mm. to buy i don't know snacks or smokes if they smoke um and for the families left behind particularly if you've got kids and stuff like that oh it's it's a really rough ride for yeah. quite potentially quite a long period of time and it will alter your relationship and that will alter your parenting and it will alter your finances and your life direction potentially so mm. it's a very it's a big event, you know, in your life. Oh my goodness, I have so many questions, <laughs> and I don't, I can't put them in a sort of linear fashion. But um, so let let's just go on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do want to get to, um, you know, supports that are available for yeah. other families as well. But before I get there, I'm yeah. going to be nosy. Um, <laughs> so your son grew up with this being normal. Yeah. I can't fathom mm. what that feels like. Mm. I can't. When, you know, mm. when children are at school and mm. they're, you know, you're standing outside and people say to you, oh, what does your partner do? Yeah. How do you respond and say, oh, you know, my his dad's in prison or, you know, when yeah. people ask him what his yeah. dad does, how did he answer that? Was there any, you know, was there stigma with that when he was going to school or growing up or? Yeah, yeah. Um, on To be honest, I I think I eventually told the school when he was at primary school but I was really reluctant because I was scared that he would be labelled like mm. the kid with his dad in jail. We, you know, because we we're in and we still are in you know quite a middle class area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, you wouldn't. Who knows what goes on behind closed doors? But um, and I didn't. I told only some parents that we were already close to. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I was really frightened of the judgment, and perhaps I was. I was a lot more, so I guess, insecure in myself at the time, and I just didn't feel like I could um, defend myself mm. against that judgment or something. But I was really protective of my son, I yeah. think, and really didn't want people going, "Oh, I don't know." I ha- I just had all these thoughts in my head that are people going to not want to, you know, their kids to play with him mm. or all these kinds of stuff. Um, that shame element certainly for me was was quite big. So I, I kind of I was a single parent. Mm. I was a single parent. So um, it, once people knew that, I think I would just say that I'm a single parent. Yeah. There was some, occasionally people would ask, or if I hadn't said I was a single parent, they usually figured it out. Um, and I, in regards to my son, I don't. I don't know. Look, I don't actually know if he ever told any of his little mm. mates. I don't think he did because mm. it was, I don't know. And, and that's so hard as well because you don't want to say, don't tell anyone. Yes. Because you don't yep. want to yep. start that feeling of shame exactly. or give, him the, give yeah. him the expectation that he should feel shame about yeah. it. Because there, he shouldn't. He hasn't done anything yeah, wrong. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing for him to be ashamed of at all. Yeah. But at the same time, time. <laughs> to try and protect him, I can yeah. think there must have been... It was a dilemma, dilemma yeah. for sure. Um, and, you know, so there's. I think there's two different sort of... Well, like you said, it's two different arguments around mm. that. And some people would advise um, talking to your children and letting them know what's what's happened if they don't already know. A lot of kids will already have figured that out. Yeah. If there's been court or heaven forbid media involvement or if their house has been um, searched by the police, which we did have that experience. Oh, wow. At like, 
It was like a quarter to six in the morning when the police came knocking with a search warrant. And I have no words for how horrible that was. It was truly one of those, yeah, I don't know. You you can't even, you're not even in your body because you're like, is this actually happening? And they can literally search everything. Absolutely everything and everything kind of thing. Um, And... Yeah, they mostly went, in my case, they mostly went through his stuff, but they did search through everything. And because I was studying at the time as well, he could barely use a computer. To, I don't hmm. think he even still can really. But um, um, And it was like, a, it was a white collar crime that he committed. So, you know, they were very interested in the computer. And I was like, I've got assignments, Jim. You know, like, <laughs> you know. My whole world is upside down. Yeah. But my assignment's due on Friday at five o'clock, so I'm going to need that back. I think I was just like so focused. And they let me save that on a a disc. There wasn't USBs back then. Um, But then they took the computer. Oh, my God. And imagine that this day and age. You'd be like, oh. (laughs) That's my whole world. You've just walked out the door in a plastic bag. That's it. Yeah. Um, So, uh, sorry, getting back to if the the children had witnessed stuff like that and they were sort of old enough, you, you would definitely need to be talking to them about, uh, what has just happened, you know, supporting them emotionally about yeah. that. Because um, you want, yeah, it's a kind of a bit of a dance. Uh, uh, you don't want to, you know, traumatise them anymore or lie to them. And look, some, um, I know for some people, they choose to do that. They choose to just say, daddy's gone away or daddy's working away. Daddy's gone to a farm. For <laughs> A long time, you know, or, or short time or um, – and that's okay. If they need mm. to do that and – I'm assuming though in that situation they haven't witnessed their dad being taken away kind yeah. of thing or had the house raided and stuff like that. So it's it's very new, new unique depending yeah. on what's happened to you. So – But difficult th- decision because, it's, you know, is. what happens if they find out from a friend and then – they find exactly. out that you've been lying to them for yeah, however long. Exactly, and that can have quite a big in- impact. And older kids too will Google and they will be able yeah. to see stuff you know, very, very easily. Um, so we didn't really – it wasn't widely known, I guess, in our situation. Mm. I, I, I did deliberately um, do that. But I, I never – I didn't lie to my son about where his dad was and what had happened, but I don't – know how much he quite understood of that because he was so young yeah so but then um unfortunately his his dad came out after f- a few years like i said and and unfortunately w- within three years was back again mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so he was a lot older at that point and could really understand well could understand what was what was happening um but i think as he's continued to sort of grow older i think he gets it even more and doesn't really want to talk about it. Like, yeah. I mean, aside from the 16-year-old brain. Yeah. But um, and, and and really doesn't have a good relationship with him. He still has contact with mm. him. And again, I think that's really important to respect what that child or teenager wants yeah. and what you want as mm. a partner or a family member um, because they, you know, they can call, prisoners can call um, and you can visit and all that kinds of stuff. Um, but if... The child isn't comfortable with that. I, I don't – personally, I don't think you should force that. You mm. need to respect that child and um, what what they're feeling and how they're interpreting. You know, you wouldn't – I mean, why would you force a child to yeah, and I do think, anything really? But I think that in this situation, mm. from what I'm hearing, you as an adult mm. had very little control over anything. Yeah. And as a child as part of that, they've got even less control. Yeah. So – it feels like they need to have control over something yeah. and that can be how much or how little yep. contact they want to have with the yeah. parent that is yeah, exactly. incarcerated. Yeah, I mean, when they're little too, they can, you know, kid, like at primary school, they do so much art and, you know, they can write to their parents. Yeah, and draw a picture and send a picture, that that's kind of thing. That's it and, you know, that's kind of nice really. But, um, uh, you know, and again it, again, it depends on the age of the child when it happened and how close they mm. were to the parent. There's so many different factors to yeah. to consider yeah with with what you've been talking about and you know the experience mm. of having waking up at quarter to six with <laughs> the police going through your house mm. and going through all your stuff and taking your computer and mm. and everything else was there a point where you when you were still together yeah. where you resented him for for any of that <laughs> that's a good question uh as the as his time in prison 
went along, yes. But at the time, I'm going to say I was just in a lot of denial, I think. And on, and to be, again, really honest, I I was really clinging to the fantasy that we were a family mm. and he was going to get out and we were going to have another baby and I want this family. And because of my own issues and my own background and some things I was struggling with. So I just kind of refused to believe it in a way mm. and I, I worked very hard to – to kind of stay in that bubble uh, we visited often and uh, and I didn't feel a lot of that resentment like which <laughs> I look back now and I'm like what the hell but uh, I don't I don't want to be mean to myself you know that's just how I was yeah. at the time and I, w- I think I was quite vulnerable having that the our child you know as a new parent like I said um I think it's very easy mm. when you're in the situation mm. to blame the system mm. rather than blaming the person, the person who you love. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely went through that as well. I'm kind of thinking now as I'm talking, it's obviously very, very different if for for a woman who's in, say, a DV relationship. But the the, the denial, I'm just thinking, there's mm. kind of a similar element there um, of den- of denial or something that kind of keeps you in there mm. and and um. You know, your relationship might have been actually really good, you know, and they've, they've just committed crimes. Yeah. So you'd, you'd want to question whether you want to be with someone like that. But, yeah, um, yeah no, that kind of took me a while, really, because mm. I – and I, I think I just kept hoping that he would get out earlier, yeah. you know, and he was uh, appealing the sentence and all this stuff. So you just keep living in hope, mm. really, that things are changing. They're not that bad. And What's that like, though, living with that – Yeah. Everything being help, like just mm. the not being any solid ground underneath yeah. your feet because everything you know, there's an appeal for this, yep. and yep. we're waiting to hear what this is going to be like. And then, mm. okay, well, that's been denied, but it's okay, there's somewhere else that we yeah. can go with that. And like, oh. it must feel as though you just haven't got a grip on every you can't get on with it and go, no. okay, well, it's going to be three years, this is what I'm going to do, yeah, because there's always that hope that it might be less. Yeah, do you think that hope makes it easier or harder? Oh. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> the hour or the minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time, perhaps it made it easier to, mm. for me to just keep keep putting one foot in front of the other. I think having a child made it easier. In a, in a, not for the child, obviously, it's quite unfair what, what happens to them. But um, that that I had to keep going. Yeah. That I had to you have had hope. You to get up in the morning. You have keep, to. Yep. All yeah. that stuff. You know, get practical and just at night, so I would sort of fall apart, like mm. just be in bed and, you know, cry or eat a lot of ice cream, you know, just um, – but but having a child forced me to keep keep going. And my studies as well, I had really good uni lecturers at the time who, um, you know, let me have extensions and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and that kept me, kept me grounded. Mm. So I guess I, I had other things in my life yeah. to try and ground me while everything else was up in the air. Mm. And then ha- and then having to re-establish a new, so we had to, I had to move and um, you know rent somewhere different, and that. so I had to sort of set up a new home and I do all that by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, again with friends and family and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but it's on you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on you, <laughs> and you've got to do it all, and yeah. you lose a lot when somebody goes to prison. The loss is you know in in again it depends on the situation, mm. but. If you if it's your partner and if you have kids, the you know there's not just the emotional and the psychological loss, but like for me, I had to move house and I had to sell my car and a lot of lost a lot of financial stability and stuff like that. I became very dependent on Centrelink, which I was grateful for, but also resented. Mm. So you're right. I actually kind of channeled that resentment into other places. Yeah. Before eventually, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> 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 what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and also, I ended up um, trying to support other families going yeah. through the same thing. I, I got quite active in the area. I've, I felt quite lucky in that I was educated. Um, and you had a lot of family support. And I had a lot of family support and a lot of people don't. You yeah. Know, so, so I sort of set up like a website to support other family members and got a bit involved with OutCare, that, that little um, service that, that supports families of prisoners and prisoners when they get out. And that helped me for a while mm. um, and I got quite passionate about it. Da, 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 da. But then over time, I think as time wore on, yeah. I kind of got worn down mm. and I started to think, what the hell? Like this this is kind of unfair. 
<laughs> well, somebody know? else's decisions have completely yeah. shaped your life. Yeah, exactly. If it hadn't been for his decisions, you wouldn't have yep. gone on to go and don't donate and volunteer so much yeah. of your time without yeah. care and and put so much of your focus on something on, that yeah. happened because of his choices. Yeah, and and eventually, even with that stuff, the volunteering I was doing, I quit that because I was I thought I, uh, I I'm interested in it, but I wouldn't have chosen this. Yeah. Did I make an active choice? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. yes and no. Yeah. But emotionally, I just couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. I needed to get out of flipping prisons mm. <laughs> kind of thing. And yeah. as, as passionate as I was about helping other women in particular mm. and women with children, I had to save myself. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you spoke about grief and loss. Mm. Um, and I've got lots of questions about that too. <laughs> Did you find that you lost friends? As part of that or? Uh, not, not really actually. I, no, no, I felt like I couldn't perhaps connect to some of them mm. the same way. Maybe that was me. You know, mm. I was just hesitant and worried they'd judge me or, but they, di- they didn't. You know, I've, yeah. I'm genuinely lucky in many, many areas of my life and I knew that very really clearly. Um, so... No, I think I think a lot of friends wanted to help help me and support me in any way they could, but often were like they didn't, they couldn't relate. Yeah, that and that was the the biggest thing. Uh, and why would they? Thank God they hadn't gone through that, mm. you know. So I guess hence me wanting to find other, you know, support other women because we could relate to each other. But I- interestingly, even like when you go to visit a prison, what I noticed was there was n- there's not a lot of chatter amongst the visitors because you're all just like oh. F, you know, yeah. we're all we're all here, and this is shit, yeah. and we just want to get in. We want to have our visit. We want to see our loved one, kind mm. of thing. And I don't know if this collective kind of shame or awkwardness yeah. or ju- whatever, all of that stuff, because you're sitting in there too, in the visitors' room or whatever, going, I wonder what they did. I wonder what they did. I wonder <laughs> what I, I'm doing it too, you know. And there's this kind of, oh, maybe you know, I don't want to get friendly with anyone here because. Yeah. I don't know what their family's like. I mean, that's awful. But, um, yeah, so you're very alone. Yeah. I felt very alone at the time. As much as I had a lot of support and intellectually I could understand everything that was going on. Um, I I can't remember if I was seeing a therapist at the time. I think I was. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I've seen a lot of therapists. (laughs) Emma knows that. (laughs) (laughs) And that helped a lot. That helped a truckload. Actually, I'm allowed to say that because I was a therapist. So, um, you know, but of course they offer a lot of non-judgmental support and she knew the background and stuff like that mm. as well. But I felt very alone, particularly at night. I just remember the nights being really difficult. You know, yeah. I'd put my son to bed and then I was like, okay. You know, and that was before, it was mobile phones, I think, because this was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, we had to pay 10 cents for every text message yeah, or something like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the and you had no money, so no. ten cents for every text yeah. message is a lot. I was like what? Yeah. Um, and you make gr- those three hundred characters count. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better just pick up the phone and yeah. speak to someone. Yeah. Um, and actually, and and the phones, I felt at times I felt a bit hijacked by the phone, like when he would call. Yeah. Because sometimes it'd be difficult for him to call, a bit, or there'd just be scheduled calls. So you got to wait for it. And you got to. You got to wait for phone. it. Yeah. All that stuff, and then the re- the calls always recorded. It's time limited, so you st- your life, if you're staying with that person or you're supporting that prisoner, mm. revolves around them. Yeah. When can I visit? When are they going to call? Should I send a letter? What's happening? Is court? You know all this stuff. Yeah. So you. I think that loss, like mm. I said, is is quite a lot. You know, certainly in the beginning, as you st- it swallows so much of your life. Yeah. Um, and the grief thing we were just talking about that bef- before we started recording. But um, I learnt along the way that there's there's there was a couple of things in terms of a loss in a unique situation like this, like this thing called um ambiguous loss, and and disenfranchised grief. And so ambiguous loss is when there's a loss, you know, somebody, um, but it's not it's not a clean cut loss. So it's not like someone has died, heaven forbid, mm. where there's, you know, closure and you know what's happened. It's this grey area of someone's like gone away, like yeah. prison. So they're, they're gone, but they're not gone. And that, I was just thinking about that when you spoke about being lonely at night time. Yeah. And 
you're you're a single parent, yeah. but you're not single. Yes. So you can't That's go. Exactly it. You can't go and you know dating, dating and things like that because, because I was I was still with because him. Because you're still yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that oh. being split in so yes. many different ways and, you know, you don't have shared connection with your – like you, your friends don't have this shared experience. Yeah. But at the same time, do you want to make friends with people who do have this shared experience because do you want that to be part of your self-identity? Uh, yeah, exactly. And just oh, yeah. really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, that All these it, things I hadn't considered. <laughs> I'm glad you're learning something <laughs> yeah. new. Um, and that kind of grey area came up with even with um, Centrelink, which is that. Oh, know, yeah. Yeah, in Australia, that's the main government service that, you know, doles out. Um, family allowance Family type allowance thing. and yeah. pensions and all that kinds of stuff. Um, because I was a single parent but still partnered. They, it's like their system couldn't compute it. <laughs> and, it. And at one point they dropped my rate or something and, and because I was extremely dependent on it, like yeah. you know, every drop I was like, oh, uh, and and argued with them on that. And I'm not a big arguer. I don't like conflict. Um, and they said, but it's kind of just in our, I think it was a law or there was some constitution there about you're, you're kind of either single or you're partnered. And they and they said we actually can't. Are they? When I was speaking to people, they were like, "We understand, but we can't change it. It's the system." Yeah. It was only when somebody said, "The only thing you could do is try to change the law, kind of thing, or speak to your local MP." So I went, "Well, f you, I'm going to do that," mm. and that actually worked. So oh wow, I, yeah. I approached. I can't even remember who it was. Told them my story. I, I think I argued it really well, mm. and their office rang. I don't know one of the managers at one of the Centrelink offices who. The manager then rang me and said, okay, this is what we're willing to do. So, paid me kind of in between. Yeah. Uh, but I had to fight, you yeah. know, and, I, and that's where I think a lot that's of… That's exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it was. But it, I was, you know, when, when you're um, financially insecure, yeah. you, you fight like hell that's really. It. You find the group to do it. You do. And I was yeah. already, you know, like I remember his, um, my ex's mother at the time was helping me buy groceries and stuff like that, which I was really grateful for. Uh, but eventually over time I stopped that because it actually contributed to me feeling really powerless mm. and not having a – like I can't even choose my own vegetables. I'm so I'm so glad you're bringing them over. But I just felt like I couldn't say, okay, so this week can I have a bag of carrots and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and you try to find power where you can or yeah. a sense of control where you can. But that grey area, that's yeah. it. You couldn't – you're a single parent but it's not like you've broken up with them mm. or they've died, you know. It's in between yeah. and that's why you have this th that ambiguity um, of the loss kind yeah. of thing. Like if somebody's, you know, lost to dementia or drug mm. addiction, they're still there but they're not there and it's very hard to process. I think there's a grief as well that mm. you're still together mm. but the you're grieving what, the rela what you thought yeah. the relationship would be or what the relationship was because it's not yeah. like that anymore. Yep. And the life that you envisioned yourself having and you're you having as a couple and as a family yep. it doesn't it never in your wildest dream Friends. looked as though he would be living no. in prison no so no that's it you can i mean and, and you know you might picture a few different things as couples that you might go through but not that yeah um and particularly because it was a few years mm. uh, it's not like six months yeah, and that's bad enough anyone going to prison is bad enough but because of the length of time and because we were i was like peak baby rearing yeah. age and stage uh that had a permanent effect on my life you know mm. we we didn't i haven't had any more children since then um i know i i was fully aware that i could have i could have left him and decided to repartner but i didn't want to because that's just where i was at the time mm. and then as i got older and the the realities of single parenting and single parenting not by choice yeah um I just thought, this is bullshit. I don't want to risk going through this again, mm. to be honest. So I've not had kids since then because yeah. I'm like, ah, and I didn't want to, I mean, I mean, I mean, perhaps that's an irrational fear, but I'm like, hey, it happened once. Yeah. <laughs> what if I, you know, like you just don't flip yeah. a no in life. So, mm. it, it, yeah. Uh, and I think that denial there too. Oh, no, no, no. We're a family unit. And no, no, no. It's not that bad. And we can keep waiting. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in my forties now, and I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, yeah. it wasn't for me. So. Yeah, and it wouldn't matter <laughs> if it, somebody had told you that, yeah. because that's where you were at. That's it. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't mm. have been helpful to hear it. I don't think. <laughs> Probably would have punched them. More. Yeah. 
ride or something. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what kind of, um, I guess, mm. what other issues do you think affect mm. partners or family members of people in prison? Um, uh, I, well, I guess, you know, there's the financial impact. Uh, the loss of a parent, you know, or the loss of a parent to to prison and how to I mean I suppose we've mentioned that how to sort of navigate that with the mm. child and the wider family and the wider community in the school um, and how much do you divulge disclose yeah, disclose, yeah. Um, and, and these funny little grey areas I think of like with Centrelink or am I still in this relationship or not mm. how do I make that decision and I think that can be quite difficult too if if the person in prison, if it was your partner and they're inside for, say, offences against you, mm. um, you know, really difficult. What, what I did notice though, eventually in myself and other women that I, I have spoken to over the years who've gone through the same thing is that you actually don't realise how strong you are, mm. you know, and you start to, in some ways, if the rela- if the relationship has been difficult. Yeah. Uh, perhaps violent or abusive or something has not been going well, your life can actually improve yeah. when they go away. Um, and that sometimes that's even a bit of a weird headspace because you're like, I should be unhappy that they, I mean, or or I should something. But it, again, it depends on mm. the 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 relationship status, I suppose, and what's been not status, but what's been happening in that relationship. But you can. You know, because it led me down. Well, it led me to this career, yeah. honestly. <laughs> That's yeah. how I ended up going, doing my master's and stuff mm. like that. I don't know if I would have been here. I mean, and maybe that's just that's just what was kind of meant to happen, I, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I took I took certain opportunities, mm. you know, and I, that would would not have presented themselves to me had had that not happened. But at the same time, I'm like, I wonder what my life would have been like. Mm. You know, if I cho- chosen to, l- especially to leave my partner earlier on, you know, so even those kinds of questions, do you stay? Do you go? How much do you support them? What about how the kids? How long are you prepared to stay? How long? Mm. You know, because, you know, at the beginning I think I was like, oh, no, you know, I'm kind of in it for the long haul. But as, like I said, as time goes on and you get worn down. And I, rem- I, I remember because uh, he he started out like a minimum, um, medium security mm. and then over time they get moved to minimum and, Prison farms and stuff like that. So the visits get nicer. It all kind of gets better, yeah, in a way. Um, and then some prisons have these family days, and they, you know, go to a lot of effort, which is great and very important. You know, it is. It's important that they prisoners still have connections to the outside world, healthy, good connections, yeah. and that the, they they consider families. Like I, I suppose I've pulled a face there, so that's why <laughs> Mel's going. No, no, it's good. I've just kind of got this mental picture of like a family fun day at the prison. It's literally <laughs> like that. And it they just, have I can't bouncy castles. Yes, and it's, it's face painting and yeah, it's petting zoos, sausages, I just, and it's very surreal because yeah. I'm like, so you screen us all to get in here, and like the week before, it's like, oh, you know, you can't do this and this, and this week we're like, yeah kind of walking around holding hands and you know <laughs> i don't know you just go with it because you're like whatever you know i've got a few <laughs> hours you have like three hours instead of like one or, yeah um yeah it's really weird yeah it sounds really weird <laughs> the whole the whole experience is very surreal yeah uh what was i saying before before this point about um life can get better and so it's yeah. kind of as you're going through the process but i think it I think where I thought you were heading is mm. as you're going through the process, you start to develop a sense of identity of oh, who you are, as, yeah. you know, by yourself yeah. as a single person, yeah. not being part of that yeah. couple. Yeah. And so as one of the positives maybe is that you mm. actually do get to learn a lot about yourself and have that ability yeah. to to know who you are and then you do start to question, is this a relationship that you want, want to be, be in? Yeah. I don't know if that's where you were going, but no, in my no, head that's yeah, where I thought yeah, you might yeah. be going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was roughly where I was going yeah. because that's right, the family fun days. I remember, um, so as he moved prisons, that's right, mm. and then was out in the country, which was an even longer drive, <sighs> but I did it. Oh, my yeah. God. I look back now and I'm like, oh, my God. Um, um, but eventually, you know, seeing these the dads with their kids and it was all these happy families and I remember thinking, this is bullshit. Yeah. W- again, great that they support the families but I'm like, 
I'm, this, this is going to sound bad, but or harsh, whatever. I, I would look at these men, including my partner, eventually and go, what the hell have you done? Mm. Like you have destroyed your family. You've mm. put it on hold for a while. Like and I, that's when the resentment yeah. and the anger and I had to make some choices then because mm. that was not good, you know, and f- for me to be sitting there and labelling and judging everyone else. But I was probably really just starting to realise what I was feeling towards my partner. Yeah. Um, and so did eventually leave. Mm. We, yeah, I broke up with him while he was still inside. And yeah, and sort of abandoned all the help I was trying to, was doing because I just, like I said before, couldn't emotionally cope with it anymore yeah. and just thought these poor bloody kids growing up without fathers who, mm. I don't know, think they're doing all this cool shit and I don't know, you know, you think all this crazy stuff. You're here once a week for an hour or three hours yeah. and it's a special day but where are you for the where other are you? six and a half days a week? That's it. And look, it's not to say on the outside that there's happy families or people break up and choose not to see their kids and stuff mm. like that but but there's something unique about prison yeah obviously in the and the and the impact of that um like i remember a guy one of the first guys i dated when i was like 14 or something and his dad went to prison for fraud mm. um that was quite they were quite a wealthy family but like i i i i never forget that i never forget he he equals this like yeah. um I'll call him Steve. You know, Steve's dad went to prison. That's just, I don't just think of Steve. Well, I yeah. rarely think about him, but I just <laughs> go, he was the one with his dad in prison. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's because of that now, that's why I don't, well, certainly when my son was younger, mm. was very mindful of that because I know how much it stuck in my head because yeah. I was like, that's so weird, like so bad, you know. And I think because it's, not the norm for you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you didn't grow up didn't. with everybody who you knew their dads were in and out yeah. of prison or their mums were in and out of prison or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So when one family member ha- – when one family has a family member that goes to prison, it is out of the ordinary yeah. so you remember it. Yeah, exactly. And it it, it just felt like the, <laughs> the worst kind of thing. I mean, obviously somebody dying is, is truly the worst thing but it, a step down and maybe someone going missing. We were talking mm. about that. I mean, very horrific. But – the prison thing, it's very hard to get sympathy for that, you know. Well, or people kind of try, but then they're like, you can see their brains going, what happened? You know, like, <laughs> and again, you sit in this, it's, that's called, actually, that's called disenfranchised grief, which is grief, which is kind of shrouded in like shame or mm. taboo. You can't openly go around, this happened to me, oh, my husband died, or we broke up, or my child got sick or some something and yeah. there's many different awful things happening in life it, it's a lot harder to say I, i'm a single parent but i'm still with my partner oh and he's in prison da, 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 da. you you just don't go i mean some people might be comfortable saying that yeah. i'm sure as hell wasn't yeah uh, and i think as well with not that you go around in mm. life wanting sympathy no but there are times when you're struggling and when things feel difficult yeah. when it can be it can be really powerful for somebody to say to you that must be really hard. Yeah. I'm really sorry that you're going through that. Yeah. But it, I can imagine it would be difficult to try and ask for that kind of support mm. when with this kind of the disenfranchised mm. um, grief mm. is around it's somebody's fault. Mm. You know, somebody did it. Somebody something. did it. Somebody made a choice yep. and that choice that they have made. Yep. So, yep. so, and that's kind of that yep. sh- being shrouded by taboo yep. is that – yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry this is happening to you, but hey. what did you expect? Yes, exactly. That is not my view. No, I know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah. I and I, I always had a version of that in me as well. Mm. Kind of like, well, what right do I have to expect any kind of sympathy or empathy or uh, be because of the shame? Mm. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, oh. You're you're just you just live in stasis, I think, yeah. for a while, months, maybe even years, with your life on hold, and that's a really strange thing too, because your life continues, and theirs doesn't. You know, mm. they stay very. Um, I mean, hopefully, inside they get, um, you know, education and training, and and that's really important um, for most 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 prisoners. You know, for the ones who are going to get out. Um, but that that but they they're kind of on hold, you know, and sometimes too, even if you are still with them, you find that things in your life have changed so much mm. or you've changed that, so yeah, much exactly. it, it doesn't fit anymore yeah uh, and it's, I think it's very common for for part for couples to break mm. up through that process, no matter how long they've been inside and I think 
you know, you spoke about some of the good things that come from it. Mm. You had no choice but mm. to realise how strong you are. Yeah. You had no choice but yeah. to, to realise that actually you don't need somebody there to do this. You can do it yeah. by yourself. It yeah. may not be your choice to do it by yeah. yourself, but if you yeah. need to move house, you can find yeah. it. You know how to do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there who don't. Yeah, exactly. So, and then when uh, I imagine that when a partner or family member comes home, mm. they haven't necessarily had the opportunity to experience as much growth. Mm. And then how That's do you... It. You're not the same people. You have, you know, in a relationship where you've been together for the past 10, 15 years, you've grown together. Whether you've grown together and grown apart or you've grown together together, but you've done it together. Whereas when one's on the inside and one's on the outside, I don't know that you would see how much growth there's been and in different directions until you try and come back together and then... That's so that true. Could be really and difficult. Yeah, and I think that's where that resentment thing comes mm. comes in as well because they don't perhaps understand. I I, don't, I think until you're a single parent, I don't. Know, you, you, it's very difficult to understand the workload of that if yeah. you're truly single. So I'm yeah. talking about full time single parent yeah. uh, without the financial support, and that that was a killer for me. You know, at, at least with. I mean, this is awful, but I remember being envious of other single parents who just broken up and they got child support. I was like, you. They get child you support are so lucky. and the partner takes them for one <laughs> yes! week, a, a whole weekend yes! or something. Yeah. <laughs> I got none of that. That's it. <laughs> uh, and that's like, that's just how it was. I'm not going to, you know, diss that. But I remember being envious of that. Yeah. But then that would kind of increase my resentment. Yeah, and then they they come out. And guilt as well because you don't want to yeah. be thinking that towards oh, other guilt. people. And the guilt stuff, that's a really good point, Emma. The guilt around your child I mm. think is like, oh, that makes me emotional to think about. Oh. But just – what is this doing to my child? And you just do everything you can to try and protect them. Yeah. Whilst at the same time trying to stay in reality and yeah. just try to get let them have a normal flipping childhood because that's yeah. their right, you know. Yeah. So so it's really important, I guess, that families – oops, families of prisoners are genuinely supported, mm. you know, and, and the fathers too if they still want to be active fathers to try and have a role – uh, you know, and I know some people might find that a bit, uh, do you want them to be involved? Again, it depends on the situation yeah. and the circumstance. Very complex, actually, area because there's no one, no family is the same, no offence is the same, you know, no person is, you know, it's, it's a very kind of, yeah, funny kind of area. But all that stuff, you know, resentment, shame, guilt, anger, yeah. like, oh, man, it's a freaking minefield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To say the least. And and I just <laughs> want to put in a little disclaimer that although mm. that resentment is there, I know that when we yep. have spoken about this in the past, mm. that rationally you know that it must be difficult for the prisoners being inside and not, you know, feeling powerless about being able yep. to support their partner yep. or their children when they're on the outside. So I just want to put that disclaimer in there that although we're saying that um, it's really hard for the people on the outside. We can understand as well that it must yeah. be really difficult for, for the sure. people who who have lost all control and all, oh. all of their own power. Yeah. But that's not who we're talking to right now. No. Right now we're hearing your oh, no. your experiences. Um, <laughs> yeah. But and you said that it's really important that families of prisoners get support. Mm. Is there anything practical? So if somebody knows someone who's mm. you know got a family member who is mm. likely to be you know, yeah. going to prison or um, have you got any suggestions for what people can do to actually support that family? If if they have kids? Mm. Well, just I guess anybody in general. Oh, gee. You know, I think it's just some of those classic um, strategies of um, making yourself known that you, you're happy to be there for them but actually be there. You know, yeah. like don't just say, call me if you need me. Mm. Like freaking rock up with a thing of lasagna. You know, just yeah. do it. Um I, I guess to be, pre- be prepared for a bit of a minefield of emotions. You don't know. I guess you don't know how they're going to go. They might be really resentful or they might be just full of grief. Yeah. Um, or angry at the system. A- absolutely. You know, and you might see different side of them as well. Mm. So, uh, or you might disagree with some of their, I don't know, if they're like angry at the system and all those kinds of stuff. I think always practical support is really good, yeah. particularly if they have um, kids Honestly, be as non-judgmental as you possibly can. Mm. Just focus on compassion and kindness and support, and you know maybe take the kids out. Just to say, maybe offer to have the kids for a sleepover, that's or it. you know, as or you it, say, it, drop over with a lasagna, or all that kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
some some women if they uh, they might not have transport to prison that mm. i don't know if there's still one now but it used to be some buses that would go directly to prisons i think that was organized through the department i don't know if they still but you know even stuff like that just help them get to a visit yeah uh I guess if you have money and you're willing to, you could, you know, that's a bit, that's a bit of an awkward situation. Um, and just, I guess, be willing to still be friends with them. Yeah. Just because they're, they're having that, that situation. They didn't choose that mm. either, you know, to be mindful of, of that stuff. Um, encu- I guess in really encourage them to take care of themselves as much as they can. So all of that supporting their sort of self-care, whether it's yeah. taking the kids or, even I don't know if they just want to go visit their partner on their own, mm. take the kids for a few hours, yeah. you know, uh, something as simple as that can be really, really helpful yeah. and just kind of frees you up. Especially I imagine that first time going to go yeah. and visit them in prison. Yeah. So I know you said you took your son with I you. I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, well, I was wondering whether or not you would. Um, yeah. And then obviously you shared that you did. But, yeah, whether or not that first time being able to go so that you're not – as a, I think as – women and um you know men as well but yeah we have to try and hold everything together for our children yes and it's very hard to do when you're completely overwhelmed and you don't know the system mm. and you know it's not the same but I remember when I was mm. much much younger and going and visiting LA airport mm, right. and you go there and <laughs> there's um you know there's people walking up and down with um, drug dogs yep. and it's behind it's the yellow line it yeah. is <laughs> yeah. behind the yellow line people behind the yellow line behind the yellow and you have this massive corridor and you've all got to walk single file behind this yellow line as they walk up and down with the drug dog it's wow. changed a lot now but oh, so it was like a couple of decades ago Ooh, sounds like a prison yeah and that's <laughs> kind of and even though that was just once um i still got kind of flashbacks when you were talking about the prison yeah. system and that's overwhelming so you know, wouldn't it be good if you could go once by yourself or yeah. with some, you know, if you had the opportunity to take a support person, but once by yourself so that then you can explain what that's going to be like to your kids yes. rather than experiencing it for the first that's a time great idea. with your children. Yeah. And, you know, you were lucky because your child was well, small was so enough young. that he won't, have, he yeah. won't remember that or been impacted by it. But, you know, mm. finding ways to be able to support kids that way so that... Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, I guess too, if the kids are really struggling definitely you know consider therapy for them mm. play therapy yeah. it depends on their age um, it does depend on their age but i do mm. think there's a big thing that actually as adults we yep. don't play enough i know so yeah <laughs> yeah know. i know it's so true have some laughter in your life yeah mm. um and you know in terms of what you want to tell other people or the school i think that's quite like i said it's quite i guess quite personal mm. um decision to make if your child you know your child best i think and if you notice that your child is starting to regress or has some behavioral issues or a lot of anger all that stuff um definitely get some support yeah. maybe consider talking to the school or just their teacher but if you tell the teacher they're probably going to tell you know the principal but even have a chat with them about i really want this to remain confidential it's really yeah. really important to me and they have to respect that. Mm. I don't know if they – look, I don't, I don't know. But I would hope that they would, yeah. you know. And just – because, you know, teachers often want to know if there's something major to going make on. It easier for the, for the teachers to be able to understand what's happening. But also I think yeah. that um, – so my, I come from family members of teachers mm. and they're blindsided. You know, yeah. when a, a kid starts sobbing and, they, yes. you know, or Fanuz stands up and talks about going and visiting dad in prison yes. yep. and then the other kids have got questions yep. and the teachers go, should I shut this down? I don't want to shut it down yep. because, you know, I don't yep. want him to think that it's shameful to have dad in prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know where mum's thoughts are on this and if I let them ask questions and he answers them, mm. how's mum going to respond? Yeah. So if you can be open with the teacher yeah. and trust the teacher and yes. have a good enough relationship that you can trust them yep. to know that – look, this is new, he's visiting dad or, yep. you know, that kind of thing. If it comes up for news, then I'm more than happy for him to answer questions. Or if it comes up for news, could we maybe shut that down? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that that's where I guess you can be more empowered if yeah. you let them know. Yeah, that's it. Um, the ball's in your court yeah. rather than your child just accidentally blurting stuff out. And they will because they're – especially they're when kids. they're young. They're kids. Yeah. And they don't have shame. No. Because they shouldn't. Yeah. And I, I remember finding it really weird – uh, like I think my son was in pre-primary or kindy and kids were just generally playing like I'm in prison or cops and robbers or something like that. I remember going, ooh. But my son, it didn't bother my son at all. Yeah. Like he was kind of very oblivious to it. 
But I remember thinking, oh, how would this play out if like he was very vocal about yeah. it and and. But it, it didn't, fortunately. But just weird little things like that. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. But it's, yeah, I guess any kind of, um, you know, I don't know, if your kid's involved in other activities and stuff like that or even like other families, again, I think that's up to you what you mm. want to disclose to them. If it's been splashed across the media, mm. um, probably – I, I think it's again it's up to you but you you know for you to get a little bit of power back and control over things you probably want to be talking to you, the school and yeah. other families and stuff like that so they hear stuff from you and what mm. you want in that situation because yeah. that is oh that's hor- horrific too if that stuff is you know all over the media and stuff like that God especially because I think that we I think we all know that what gets splashed across the media oh. is very different to the actual real story exactly yeah so we um very biased sometimes yeah Yeah. we once my parents owned a shop Mm. and a car uh, basically young driver she'd been drinking she lost control of the car Mm. went up an embankment and drove through the front of the shop wow in the middle of the night i was pregnant with one of my children at the time Mm. and the alarms went off we went down there so i'm heavily pregnant and all of a sudden the media stories um cars being um shops being ram raided pregnant woman held up through ram raiding you know, not even close to what the story was <laughs> at all. So Jesus. Yeah. yeah that's it. So really? um, yeah. I think that we know that media sensationalism can happen. But the problem yeah. is that it's very easy to get caught up in that yeah. sensationalism when you're the one reading it. Yeah. But when you're the one whose family it's about, sometimes mm. it can be powerful to kind of go, actually. This is what's yeah. happened. The yeah. three things that that story got right <laughs> was the name and his date of birth. Other than that. <laughs> shocking though yeah it's bloody annoying yeah it really is and i think it's worse now too with the yeah. internet and the yeah things that's online. It. and the need for that sensationalism yeah for clickbait yeah because we need someone to read it so even though the type the you know to ha- caption is nothing like what the story's about mm. that's what we're going to run and print yeah of course so but when it's about your family yeah oh i my heart always goes out to you know, when I see that on the TV, I'm like, oh, and you see their partner or I often think, I wonder if they've got a partner and kids and oh, yeah. God, that's, that must be really hard, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, most definitely. Yeah. So, mm. so before we wrap up, have you got any final thoughts to share around, mm. you know, what it's like to be a family member of somebody who is in prison or what it's like leaving a family member who is in prison, how to support people, anything else you'd like to share? Mm. Um. I guess just, you know, stuff like just t- try to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and try not to fall into blaming yourself or too much kind of guilt or, I mean, I don't know, you, you feel what you feel, but to definitely get support for that. You know, it happens to a lot of people. You just you just kind of wouldn't know it. Yeah. Um, and... You've got to put yourself first because mm. often the focus, like I said, but well, I don't know, right at the beginning, but the focus really shifts onto the prisoner, which kind of makes sense. But then you're like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> what about me? What about me? Yeah. What about my life and our family and stuff like that? So you've kind of got to pull it back yeah. in a way, in a rational kind of way if you can. Mm. Um, prisoners get their own support, you know, and, and – uh, I don't. I don't think there's there's a lot of great support. You know, like you said before. Actually, I was thinking before, and you were just saying about um, you know, you you grow and you change and develop, mm. and they might necessarily not might not necessarily mm. whether you're together on the outside or ones on the inside. Um, oh, I've just lost my train of thought about that. Um, but uh, often the support, that's what I was going to say, they get inside isn't enough. Mm. So certainly psychologically speaking and um, but then working through some of the issues that they clearly have. Yeah. You clearly have issues if you're freaking in prison. Um, and I think, it, it, and again, in terms of whether you want to stay in the relationship or not, that's, you know, it, that that's kind of up to you and something you will have to work through and ideally mm-hmm. discuss with them. But you might not and that's okay. Yeah. If you go, you know what, I'm done and I've got to look after myself and our kids now – you do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm really yeah, all for it. that, you know, because that's the most important thing. Yeah. You're holding the ship together <laughs> while they're 
you know, look, they've got a roof over their head, they've got food. Yes, they've mm-hmm. lost their freedom and they're cut off from the world, blah, blah, blah. We know that, you know. But, but they're not having to worry if their electricity is going to be kept on they're next not, week. They're not at all. Yeah. Uh, and you are serving a sentence too. Yeah. You know. But For a crime you didn't commit. Absolutely. But you do have some freedoms and some choices and yeah. some control. You just need to remember that and to find that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So for your last podcast here, would you like to sign off? (laughs) Okay. I've got to remember what to say. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening uh, and joining us once again on this um, wonderful podcast covering the whole spectrum of of women's issues brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. We hope to have you back again listening to the next podcast. Thank you. That's perfect. That's all. Thanks so much. You've been listening to The Hidden World of Women, the podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube by looking up Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. You can also find us at our website www.whws.org.au. Bye.